Broadcasting to Ottawa Senator fans around the world. Around the world. It's the Sins Nation Podcast. And now, here's Steve Warren. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sens Nation Podcast, post-game edition coming at you in the moments following the Sens April 14th tilt against the Winnipeg Jets. The Sens fall 3-2 coming up just short tonight and uh, very pleased to be with you. My name is Steve Warren along with the coach, Greg Kennedy. How are things, Greg? Things are good, Steve. Good game tonight. Lots of positives to take from it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there were moments where I was going, oh my God, the rebuild has begun. They're flying around like major skill, major pace, winning battles. Unfortunately, a couple of moments uh, in the third period. And uh, well, that was the difference in the hockey game. Matthew Perot and Trevor Lewis breaking the game wide open after Nick Paul had given the Sens an early one nothing lead. First hit on Blake Wheeler, now a chance right in front, And there's TSN's Gord Miller with the call. By the way, I'm glad of Gord Miller. I was thankful for Gord Miller once again tonight, Greg, because, I mean, black numbers on red. What genius at Adidas came up with that? Yeah, Thankfully, Gord Miller's really good at at telling you who's got (laughs) the puck every time, because otherwise, you might as well have had no numbers at all. Yeah, I was having a tough time with it all night, and I, I thought the exact same thing. I thought, how the hell is he picking up those numbers? Like, has he got a pair of binoculars on up there in the, as far <laughs> away as he is? Like, it was it was difficult. Yeah. Anyway, that's a sideline note that pops into my head when I mentioned Gord Miller's name, but uh, a nice goal by Nick Paul. He was dangerous all night, I thought. Man, is that guy hard in the puck. Oh, yeah, and and pure uh, four-check pressure leads to that goal. But but how about a couple of big saves from from Matt Murray before that to allow uh, to allow this game to stay scoreless until Paul scored there? That was and, – and his first goal in 27 games. Did I hear that right? That's what I wrote down. Man, that's that's a long time. Oh, God, yeah. And, and it gets you in the mode of I've been a Connor Brown guy for sure, and that eight-game – scoring streak is pause for thought for sure that he can maybe be a guy that could be a regular top six guy. I've been, you know, in that mode, but it's a reminder when you see Nick Paul go on those kinds of droughts, when you see Connor Brown miss the opportunities that he did in the first half of the season, that's why it's probable that they're third liners. They can fill in and look great on the second line, but probably great third liners on a cup contender. Yeah, and 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 Nick Paul did he he did his best uh, Mark Stone light impression tonight, right? You, you've you've made the comment before that when it comes to takeaways and quick stick and good hands and good body position, just good all around hockey smarts. Uh, he looked real good tonight too. He he was actually had some jump to his game too. I I was impressed with the play of Nick Paul tonight. So there were three guys that I had circled that I wanted to kind of evaluate tonight because I think it was an important game for all three, and that was. Matt Murray, Eric Brandstrom, and of course the kid called into action because of the injury to Zaitsev. Jacob Bernard Docker made his NHL debut and and, and played quite a bit. He's, I, I don't, let me see, 15 minutes I think he ended up with. 15, got it in front of me here. It was 15.33 on the night. So not bad at all for your very first NHL game. So let's start with the kid. What did you think of JBD? 
I thought he looked great um, and, and didn't really put him into, into too many difficult positions. They were, they were judicious with those minutes. And I swear at one point, I think he played with everybody. <laughs> You'd have to go back to his actual shift tracker, but it sure seemed like he played with absolutely everybody on the blue line tonight and did not look out of place in any way, shape, or form. What do you think? I thought he was very poised. Uh, there was a couple of early shifts where you go, okay, I can see a little nerves there. But after that, I mean, the footwork, um, the way he's angling when you're going D to D, he just looks really smooth out there. I don't think he's going to be a guy that necessarily lights it up. But, uh, I mean, what else do you want from a guy in his first game? I thought that was, uh, like I say, poised would be the word I would use. Um, so good start yeah. for him. Branstrom, on the other hand, he played 18-14 tonight. And um, I thought generally... He was pretty steady all night, but you picked up on one moment there with um, with an important goal in the hockey game, quite obviously, with Matthew Perot getting lots of time and space to wire one top corner where Branstrom maybe didn't do his job. Yeah, you've got uh, you've got guys in the half wall there where you're playing an umbrella. Uh, Tierney goes out towards Perot. Um, he follows the system to a T. If you've been watching the Sens all year, his main goal is to take away the pass to the top of the umbrella. So he's got a stick in the right lane and he takes away the pass. He might've skated a little too high so that he wasn't in the best position when Perot just basically stood there and waited and let, let Tierney skate by. And then Perot's got a pretty clear lane on about a 45 degree angle to the net. The only thing between him and the goalie is, is uh, Branstrom. And generally speaking, the rule is that the shot blocker in that case needs to take away the short side do not allow the goalie to get beat on the short side. You need to favor uh, what would be Branstrom's left side. And unfortunately, he probably started more square to the to uh, Perot and was actually moving. It was a more of a moving block, and he was moving to his right, which was forcing him to take away the far side. And that really opened up the shooting lane. Like Perot showed a lot of patience to let Tierney go by, showed a lot of patience to wait and take a step or two into that shooting lane, showed even more patience to watch Branstrom sort of kind of give him a hole and wired a, like a, a goal scorer's goal. Let's face it, a serious snipe, uh, bar down, wrecked a water bottle. I honestly think there's a big noticeable difference between Branstrom and the way he moves the puck and the way Mike Riley did. Mike Riley had some, he was a pretty good skater, and every once in a while he'd make some nice passes. But every once in a while, he's he's making just he's just cramming stuff in there. He's just forcing passes, and I thought that was a noticeable upgrade with Brandstrom hauling the puck up ice. He was generally making some good decisions. Oh yeah, I mean, other than that one small little boo boo, whatever you want to call it, and I and I don't know that Eric Brandstrom long term is a PK defenseman for you, so I'm, I'm not concerned about it. Other than that play, I, I thought this may have been his best game of the season. Um, he moves his feet. You want your defenseman to move his feet. You want the defenseman to move his feet and skate through the pass, right? We want to move our feet and sk- uh, pass while skating. If that pass gets picked off, you're already skating, so you're already closing the gap on whoever picks it off, right? We don't want to be gliding or we don't want to be standing still when we make passes. And Mike Riley too often seemed to be I don't want to say stumbling, but it almost seemed like he was a stumbler bumbler. Whereas Eric Branstrom carries the puck with authority and moves the puck with authority. And it's uh, yeah, like, as you picked up on it, it's, it's a noticeable difference, a noticeable upgrade on Mike Riley. And, and he looked good tonight. Yeah. 
although I'm worried that I gave credit potentially to Victor Mete because same again, type. With, yeah, yeah, they look exactly the same out there when they have the red uniforms with no numbers on them. So <laughs> there's a lot of similarities. They're a small player, and uh, I assume they both played well because I didn't, uh, I didn't really pick up on too much that uh, Mete did wrong. So um, yeah, all in all, I think we've got an upgrade happening on the defense right now. Oh, but for sure. I want to ask you about Matt Murray. You, uh, you know, we th- that guy is. Last time we checked in with Matt Murray, he had a different goalie coach in Pierre Gru. And he last played March 10th and was getting absolutely annihilated for seven goals against the Edmonton Oilers. Enter Zach Burke. Of course, there's a rehab in there as well as he was dinged up. Zach Burke replaces Pierre Grew, works with Murray for, I guess it's been a couple of weeks now. And uh, I thought all in all, Murray had a decent game, though part of me was just kind of on that shorthanded goal at the end. I'm thinking, "Mm, that glove hand. Uh, it just <laughs> yeah. feels like the other guys have been making those saves to this point. It was a good shot and everything by Trevor Lewis, but still part of me was going, oh man, the other guys have been getting that puck. What do you yeah, think he, of, uh, of that performance? He, he still has a tendency. It was still uh, evident tonight that there are times when he looks small. There are times when he's deep in his net. And, and obviously the deeper you are, the bigger the holes are. I thought Trevor Lewis had a lot to shoot at. We never really did get a, a high angle view. Um, they, they alluded to the fact that Murray might have tried to come out and play the puck first and then retreated to his net before Lewis got to it. So if we'd seen that part, maybe that changes my view on it. But I, I really thought he was deep in his net. He was down. He was small. Uh, same thing on the Perot shot. If he's standing up and he makes himself big, then then maybe a shot doesn't get up there. But that was a damn good shot anyway. But yeah, there there are times still that that problems that were, that were there evident in the beginning of the season of being small and deep in his net and and a bad glove hand was still there tonight. That was a shorthanded goal that Lewis scored. And what happened there was uh, Thomas Shabbat tried to keep the puck in at the blue line, and as he did. It looked like he lost sight of the puck completely because uh, he wasn't exactly on his horse getting back. Uh, what did you make of that play? Because social media went crazy initially. I went back and looked at the replay, some of the still shots. It did look like he was kind of a like a center fielder who loses a ball in the sun. Uh, that's uh, yeah. that's how I read it. But what did you think? Yeah, no, that's exactly why I saw it too. The one replay seemed it was it was a tight shot on him and you could see the look on his face he's like where the hell is it you know he's looking around and had no idea where the puck was for a for a split second or two and that's really all it took for lewis to blow by him uh he just he just lost sight of it i thought he got a piece of it and assumed that it went into the zone but then was looking up and looking behind him and then uh you know then it, then he seemed to realize oops he lost it and you had a sense though when it was 2-1 you didn't feel like they were coming back yeah, I just I just had that feeling almost all night. The puck luck is not with them. They 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 went like ten straight shots on net. They had all kinds of puck possession in the offensive zone the second period. They just couldn't bury. And I just had a sense that uh, you know when once it went to two to one, I thought I don't I I just don't think they're gonna they're gonna do it tonight. I think that's the biggest storyline we've gotten into the uh, you know the minutia of the of the uh, of the game, but. The close calls they had, they need to finish those. Again, there were lots of moments in this game where they were really good, winning races, looking organized, and they had opportunities. Lots of really A1 opportunities. Tim Stutzler hits a goal post. You've got Amadio. 
in close on a nice play by Nick Paul. He couldn't finish. Brady Kachucks went in and stole the puck from the defenseman, went in all alone. He couldn't score. Alex Formanton with a blazing breakaway down the down the right wing. Maybe not a full breakaway, but he, he blew past Pionk like he was just sort of standing still. So all kinds of opportunities that they just didn't cash in on. Um, so it's not enough to carry the play for sizable portions of the game. You got to have that cherry on top of actually putting the puck in the net too. Yeah, it's all, all Swedish, no finish there for a while. It was, <laughs> uh, it was interesting. And, and the other thing that I that we were before we came on, you and I chatting at the end of the second period, the twelve senator forwards had a, a Formanton at a low of uh, eight minutes and eight seconds, and Nick Paul was the high at eleven minutes and twenty two seconds. So the entire forward group were within three minutes of each other through two periods. I found that interesting. Hmm. Uh, and the change of Stutzla to play with Dadanov and White was interesting too. So some some little things happening differently with DJ Smith and the, and the use of his forwards. I'm glad you mentioned DJ Smith. Let's check in with DJ Smith and hear what he had to say after the game. Can I ask what happened on the shorthanded goal? There just looked to be a little bit of, I'm a long ways away here, looked to be a little bit of confusion uh, on what happened uh, that led to their shorthanded goal. Well, we didn't we didn't make a hard play, um, and then I, I think we thought that it was cleared down and we hit the boards and popped out, and, and they get a breakaway and score. Okay, um, thoughts on uh, Jacob Bernard Docker's debut tonight, Coach? Good, very good. Obviously, um, you know, one practice with the team, go right in against a team like Winnipeg. Uh, he made some smart plays, faces the puck. He's a really uh, smart defenseman. Um, you know, on a tall order to come in uh, on short notice uh, for your first NHL game, but uh, a lot of bright spots, um, not only with him, but uh, the rest of the team as well. Chris Garriott, Post Media. DJ, what did you what did you like about your effort in that one? We were very good for two periods. We we, we skated, we made plays, we broke out very well, um, and I just think in the third period um, you lose to a mature team. They came out, they put the puck in, they knew uh, how to play, and we, we went a little, uh, <clears throat> you know, tried to play off the rush, um, and uh, and we just didn't have the same offensive zone time we had in the other periods putting it in. So we'll learn from it and get better, but there was a lot of really good things tonight. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of guys really played well, I thought, skated well, and it was a, you know, a team effort that just got away from us. Court alluded to this, DJ, but uh, did you think that um... – Bernard Docker showed a lot of poise and, you know, for not having much warning and all that. For sure. There was a couple of times on the point there, he made a couple of good, uh, you know, offensive plays, um, you know, with his head up. He's a real smart player. He, he sees what's going on. And as he learns the pace and, and uh, you know, adjusts in practice, he'll continue to get better. Mark Broussard, Ledois. Hey, Coach, uh, what did you think of Matt Murray in his return? I thought he was all right. I mean, uh, I thought he played hard. Uh, you know, we didn't give him much through two, and then you know, all of a sudden, we're giving him great A chances. So that's a tough game for a goalie where you know he doesn't see a whole lot, and then all of a sudden, it's a breakaway. So uh, it's good to get him back out there. I thought he battled through a lot of uh, you know shots from the point and and, and looked a lot more confident. Final one is Ian Mendez at the Athletic. Just one question for you, DJ. That would be uh, you gave Brantstrom uh, 18 and change tonight, uh, some time penalty killing. Uh, how did you think uh, Branstrom looked tonight? Uh, very good. I thought uh, uh, he broke the puck out well for us. I thought 
he did a, you know, with, with sites of being out the last minute, uh, we were short penalty killers. I thought he did a good job there. Um, you know, I thought he defended well. I thought he passed the puck. Um, <laughs> he looks more confident for sure. Um, and, and I think he'll just continue to get better. I mean, that's as big and physical as a team as you're going to play. And, and uh, you know, and, and he did really well tonight. So that's a building block for him. And I think he'll continue to get better. Okay, there's Sens head coach DJ Smith uh, with the media after the game tonight, and it was a 3-2 loss to the Winnipeg Jets. And before we go, of course, uh, mention uh, very briefly, Connor Brown, his eight-game record goal-scoring streak comes to an end, a team club record, and uh, a pretty good ride. And he had some opportunities tonight, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I I was just checking to see uh, shots on goal. I, I think he only had one. But I thought that his best chance came on a little bit of a partial two-on-one uh, when the Senators were shorthanded. There was a goal uh, about a week ago. Uh, it, the, the puck carrier just threw it on net for a pad pass. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive there was Nick Paul, and it was a pad pass right to Connor Brown, the slot, and he just tapped it in for basically a simple rebound goal. Right. And there was another one of those chances tonight in a, in a two-on-one shorthanded, and Nick Paul tried to snipe short side and he missed and it rang off the glass and went the other way for a, you know he basically initiated the power play breakout for Winnipeg but I, I thought maybe that was Brown's best chance of the night and it wasn't even a shot on net and he didn't ever even touch the puck yeah and that was uh that was fortunate that the Jets did not capitalize on that one because it was a four on two going the other way with both Paul and Brown caught up ice and we were talking earlier while Nick Paul I think had a terrific game and uh, I don't want to nitpick or anything but he had a couple of colossal blunders that one that could have been really costly and then another uh, wholesale changes like everybody's going um, and making a change while Paul's coming through the neutral zone and then he coughs it up at the blue line jailbreak the other way again and he got away with that one too so it's funny how things go when uh, when the puck ends up in your net uh, it's unacceptable it's terrible you're the worst but if it doesn't, you kind of move on from it, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Turn the page. Okay. Nobody saw that. Anybody see that? No, nobody saw that. We're okay. We're good. Just the coach in the video and uh, <laughs> the video session uh, at, at practice the next day. Uh, don't do that again. Knock that off. All right. That'll do it for today's postgame show. Sends fall tonight by a count of three to two. And uh, Greg, we look forward to talking to you in our next full episode. For sure. Thanks, Steve. Have a good night. You too.